Our journey through the Gospel of Mark takes us this morning to a story in the third chapter. A story where Jesus is accused by the teachers of the law of using Satan's power to do his miracles. We find the story over in Mark 3, 22 through 33. Let me read it for you. It says, The teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. And so Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. In fact, no one ever enters a strong man's house and carries off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth, all the sins of, and blasphemies of men will be forgiven them, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. Let, let's bow for prayer. Dear, dear Father, I thank you so very much for this chance to share your word And this is a difficult passage, and has a difficult message for us as well. And so God, I pray that you'll just help us to open our hearts and minds to your truth this morning, and that you'll speak to us. God, we're talking about your Holy Spirit, and I pray your Spirit will again work among us in these moments. It's in your Son's name we pray, amen. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a week when you had plans exactly what you wanted to do, and then you end up that week doing something totally different? Well, this past week, I've had one of those weeks when it came to today's study. About a month ago, I did a quick review of this passage from Mark 3 and decided to make my message about the unforgivable sin. However, as I studied the scripture this week, I found that the central point in this scripture is not about the unforgivable sin, but it is about the person of Jesus and by what power we believe that he did his miracles. Now, you may think that that isn't very important, and yet here's what I discovered. What we believe about Jesus and his power has eternal consequences for our lives. Now, did you hear that? What, what, what we believe about Jesus and his power has eternal consequences for our lives. Let me remind you what's going on in the third chapter. The Jewish leaders, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, are angry with Jesus, so much so that they want to kill him. But daily, he is gaining popularity with crowds of people following him wherever he goes, seeing all the miracles that that he was doing. And so somehow, these Jewish leaders needed to discredit Jesus and discredit his disciples before the crowd. See, they had already accused him 
of eating together with evil tax collectors and sinners. They've already accused him, at least as disciples, of not fasting as they should. They've already accused him and his disciples of not following the Sabbath rules. All of these to disgrace Jesus before the crowd. But none of that has worked. And so these Jewish teachers must come up with a new accusation. Matthew tells us in his gospel how it all started. Matthew 12, verses 22 and 23. Then they brought him, then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? I mean, Jesus had cast out many demons before. But this man had a demon that made him unable to see or speak. But again, that didn't stop Jesus. In his power, he healed the man and he began to talk and see. Now what's most important is the reaction of the crowd. They were amazed and asked, could this Jesus actually be the son of David? I mean, I mean, could he be the promised Messiah? I mean, the Jewish leaders hated to hear that. I mean, they wanted the crowds to think less of Jesus. And here they are, they're thinking more of him. That is when these leaders make the accusation. The teachers of the law claim that Jesus is empowered by Satan. Picking up our text, Mark 3, verse number 22. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. Now notice these Jewish leaders did not deny that Jesus has just done a miracle. I mean, it was clear to everyone that he has just cast out a demon from this man. He could see and he could speak. Instead, these teachers allege that Jesus himself was possessed. He was possessed by Beelzebub, again, another name for Satan. And by this prince of demons, by Satan, he had cast out this demon. Oh, the crowd may think that Jesus is good and righteous. But according to these Jewish leaders, he is evil and sinful. I mean, Jesus may appear to be on God's team. But they're telling us that he is on Satan's team. If these religious leaders would be able to make these charges stick, then they could take further steps to destroy him. But Jesus doesn't let that happen. Next we have the response. Jesus claims that he is empowered by the Holy Spirit. He begins his response, Mark 3, 23 through 25. So Jesus called them and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. What Jesus does here is something that we all need to learn from. He did not respond to their accusation with anger, or scorn, or sarcasm. He simply challenges these leaders with common sense and reason. 
he gives them two quick illustrations to demonstrate the foolishness of their accusations of him using Satan's power to cast out demons. First, a kingdom, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. It cannot last. I strive to pray pray daily for our nation. And among my prayer requests is that God would bring peace and reconciliation to America. Because as Jesus said, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. It cannot last. And that is also true of a household. I mean, a family divided against itself cannot stand, cannot last. We see that far too often in our country. A couple isn't on the same page. And soon they are separated or divorced. And so Jesus applies those same pictures now to Satan and his kingdom. Mark 3, verse number 26. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand His end has come. I mean, if Satan is working against Satan, and if Satan is working against his own demons, he and his kingdom cannot stand, cannot last. Now, Jesus also makes it clear that eventually Satan's kingdom will come to an end. However, until that time, his evil forces, they are working together. Working together to oppose God and to oppose God's people. That's why there is so much evil in our world. Satan isn't fighting Satan. And Jesus wasn't using Satan and his power to cast out demons. Notice what illustration Jesus gives next. Mark three twenty-seven. In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. The strong man represents Satan. He and his evil forces are powerful. And they are in control of this demon-possessed man. They possess him. Now Jesus is the robber. He has the greater power, and so he has the ability to tie up the strong man, Satan, and free the demon-possessed man. I mean, the people had just witnessed this. A man bound by this power of Satan was set free by Jesus. And the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit working through him. And today, Jesus and His Spirit still have that same power. The miraculous power to free us from sin and from sin's slavery. To free us from Satan and his evil forces. And people, we have seen it happen many times right here in our congregation. People set free by Jesus and His Spirit. And we certainly pray that that will happen more and more. That really leaves us with a decision to make. That the teachers of the law claim that Jesus is empowered by Satan, and Jesus claims to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now the crowd needed to decide what they believed. And you and I need to decide what we believe. 
And we are faced with two choices, two choices that can impact our eternity. The first choice, if you believe that Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God can be yours. Jesus offers that first choice, Matthew 12, verse number 28, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Luke eleven twenty says it just a little bit different. It says, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Remember the crowd. They were beginning to think that Jesus might be the son of David. He might be the Messiah. He might be their promised king, but they just weren't sure. Now the teachers of the law, who, who again had taught them for years, were claiming that he's no Messiah, that instead he is driving out demons using Satan's power. Jesus is claiming the exact opposite. He is driving out demons not by Satan's power, but by God's power, the Holy Spirit power. He is driving out demons by the finger of God. And if that is true, then the scripture says that God's promised kingdom has come. The king, their king is here. Now that's what Jesus was offering that day. He was offering the crowd to be a part of God's kingdom. And I want you to know that that is what Jesus is offering us today, to be part of God's kingdom. However, to be part of that kingdom, we must believe in Jesus and we must believe in his Holy Spirit power. Our Bible reading recently has been through the book of 2 Kings. And the beginning chapters of that book focus on the ministry of the prophet Elisha. And I guess I never realized how many miracles God did through Elisha. I mean, he parted the Jordan River. He purified the spring at Jericho. He multiplied the widow's oil. He purified a poisonous stew. He healed a man named Naaman of leprosy. He made an axe head float and he blinded the entire Arabian army. Now it should have been obvious to Israel that Elijah was God's prophet, that he had the Holy Spirit working through him, and he had a message, a message that the people of Israel needed to hear. Of course, Jesus' list of miracles is far, far greater than Elisha's list. So it should be obvious to the crowd, even to these Jewish leaders, that Jesus was God's Messiah. That, that he was using Holy Spirit power and he had a message that the people needed to hear, a message of God's kingdom. And it should be equally obvious to us that Jesus is God's son and he has Holy Spirit power and he has a message that we need to hear of God's kingdom. I mean, if Jesus was just a good man, you can choose to ignore him. I mean, if Jesus was just a good teacher, I mean, you can choose to ignore his teachings. But people, if he is, if Jesus is the Son of God, if he has Holy Spirit power, you make a mistake if you choose to ignore him or his teaching. Jesus encourages us instead to make this first choice 
If you believe that Jesus is empowered by the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God can be yours. But there's a second choice. If you believe that Jesus is empowered by Satan, the kingdom of God will never be yours. Mark 3, 28 through 30. I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth. All the sins and blasphemies of men will be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. He said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. Now Matthew records Jesus saying just a little bit more. Matthew 12, 20, 31, and 32. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Either in this age or in the age to come. Notice in both passages, Jesus begins with the positive, emphasizing the truth that all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven by God and His grace. I mean, the word blasphemy describes someone speaking wickedly or maliciously against God. And Jesus says that even speaking maliciously against Him, the Son of Man, that that can be forgiven. I mean, think about the Apostle Paul. We are introduced to Paul as Saul in the book of Acts. And at first, he opposes the church. And he speaks maliciously against Jesus and his followers. But that sin was forgiven when Paul puts his faith in Jesus. And in the same way, all of our sins and blasphemies are forgiven when we put our faith in Jesus. And the scriptures as a whole seems to emphasize... That any sin, no matter how great it is, can be forgiven. And yet Jesus says here there is one sin that won't be forgiven. And that is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Speaking maliciously against the Holy Spirit. That is in Jesus' words, an eternal unforgivable sin. And so the million dollar question is, what is the unforgivable sin? What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Spirit. It seems to me it is what these teachers of the law were doing. I mean, they knew the scriptures better than anyone. They knew better than anyone that Jesus could be the promised Messiah. They, they knew better than anyone that no one could do the things that Jesus was doing if he wasn't empowered by God. And yet they willfully reject him. They maliciously accused Jesus of doing his miracles by Satan's power instead of Holy Spirit power. And they're even making plans to kill him. And all of that reveals a heart that is hard and unrepentant in these religious teachers. And God won't forgive someone with a hard and unrepented heart towards him. Now, not because he can't forgive it, but because that person won't turn to him for forgiveness. As one commentary put, I thought this was a good summary, it says, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. 
Not because it is a sin too big for God to forgive, but because it is added to the heart that cares nothing for God's forgiveness. It, it, it never has forgiveness. Be, because it never wants forgiveness God's way. Unless there was a radical change of heart in these Jewish leaders, they will never be forgiven. The kingdom of God will never be theirs. I mean, it's really a word of warning for all of us. You don't want to end up like these teachers of the law with hard and unrepentant hearts towards God. You know, that should cause us to ask ourselves some tough questions. Number one, do I believe that Jesus performed miracles by the power of the Holy Spirit? You believe that? Do I believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do I, do I really believe He's God's Son? Not just a man, not just a good teacher, but He's the Son of God. Number three, have I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life? I, I mean, I believe He's God's Son, I believe He was God's sacrifice, and have I accepted Him and made Him Lord and Savior of my life? Number four, have I turned to God for His forgiveness? See, that's the factor we're looking at here. See, these men weren't turning to God for forgiveness. Are we doing it? And then last of all, I've committed my, have I committed my life to follow Jesus, His Word, and His Holy Spirit? How you answer those questions will help you determine the condition of your heart and the condition of your soul. Either you have a hard and unrepentant heart towards God, or you have a tender and submissive heart towards Him. Either you are forgiven by God, or you stand unforgiven before Him, like these religious leaders. As I said earlier, what we believe about Jesus and His power has eternal consequences for our lives. Let me share with you as we close this morning just some practical application, just three simple action steps and yet important action steps to apply what we've learned. Number one, you must decide for yourself who empowered Jesus. Is he empowered by Satan or by the Holy Spirit? I mean, Jesus did miraculous things. They're recorded in Scripture. Matter of fact, they're recorded outside of Scripture. But what power did he do those things? Was it by Satan or by the Holy Spirit? Number, number two, be sure to weigh the consequences of your decision if you believe that Jesus was empowered by Satan. See, see it, it, you have to decide. I mean, Jesus was either a liar or he was a lunatic or he's Lord. And the first two choices, I mean, it's eternal consequences to buy into either one of those choices. And then last of all, make the better choice and believe that Jesus is God's Son empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
And he is empowered to save us and to forgive us. And we thank him for that. And we rejoice in that. And people, we need to get out the message. Because there are folks that do not know Jesus and do not have a relationship with him. And I pray that those who are listening today, that they might know Jesus. That he is the son of God. That he is the savior of the world. And that he is their personal Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Dear dear Father, I thank you so very much for this passage. It is a challenging passage. And God, I pray that it will cause each of us to think about where we're at in our relationship with Jesus. God, might we realize that the most important decision that we make in this life is what we do with Jesus. Who we believe that he is and what power he has. And so, God, I pray that you'll work in each of our lives. God, I pray that we will turn to you, each of us. And, God, that we will know and experience your forgiveness. I pray for soft and submissive hearts. God, work in these moments. Work in our lives. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I I want to thank you all for, for listening today. It is good when we share together around God's Word. A challenging passage today, uh, but hopefully a good challenge. And if there's some way that we can minister to you, don't hesitate to give us a call. Again, our phone number, 217-379-4443. Or again, you can contact us through our website, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. We'll be glad to minister to you. I mean, that's the reason we're here. We are here to minister for Jesus, and we are here to minister uh, to you. I want to thank you so very much for listening, and we pray God's blessing upon you in the week ahead. We look forward to sharing with you again next Sunday.